Welcome to another episode of the Hot Wash. Definitely excited to be with you guys this week. Uh, we've had a busy week. Uh, I know I've been on the road. Uh, Jeff and Alex have both been uh, burning up the roads, taking care of business, uh, and, and dealing with uh, their appointments for their uh, nonprofits that they help support and keeping the ball rolling. So definitely want to say, even though we've been busy, we're dedicated to uh, doing episodes for you guys and, and bringing uh, the hot wash to you. So without further ado, I'm going to step off, let uh, Jeff take uh, lead on this episode. Jeff, how are you, brother? Doing good, brother. How are you? Glad you guys are getting closer to home. So, Okay, well, we, we have a great honor. Um, uh, our guest tonight is uh, uh, Police Officer Henry Jones with the Denver Police Department. Uh, I've known Henry for a couple hey, of years now, and he's uh, <laughs> and uh, um, he is probably the the finest donut connoisseur of any police officer I know. And well, thank, um, thank you, but thank more you. important, but more importantly, uh, he's a, a a phenomenal American, and he he's had the the many many of our most famous Americans have had the honor and privilege of getting to know Henry. Um, as his his job working with the Denver Police Department and the liaison and the coordinator of security out at the Denver International Airport for for dignitaries as they come through Colorado. So without any further ado, uh, Henry, it was great having you on the show. Welcome, and we we always start with a uh, very simple question: uh, Who who is Henry Jones? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, uh, Henry Jones is a proud uh, Army brat. Um, Growing up on, on various Army bases um, it influenced uh, my upbringing, my uh, mother and father. Father um, was a uh, retired um, first sergeant, uh, Army Air Defense, uh, a RADCOM. Um, grew up on uh, Army bases in uh, uh, Okinawa, Japan, Fort Snelling, Minnesota, uh, Fort Ord, California, Fort Bliss, Texas, um, uh and of course, down here in uh, uh, 
Fort Carson, Colorado, his last duty station. He was assigned at uh, NORAD. He was the senior uh, NCO missileman for Aradcom Army Air Defense. Uh, mother is, uh, is Japanese. That's where I was born. Um, and um, I am my father's uh, my father's son. And he uh, um, uh, and my mother were big influences in my life um, to become a, a police officer. In fact, I used to joke with mom and dad. Uh, when I was a little kid, you know, I don't know if uh, some of the listeners remember the old shows, Dragnet, uh, you know, Adam 12, um, Highway Patrol, uh, M Squad with Lee Marvin. I used to watch all those old, um, uh, all those old TV shows growing up on Fort Buckner, Okinawa. And I used to tell my dad, I said, you know, dad, I'm going to be a, a policeman because policemen, they get donuts. You guys have to eat those sea rations. And we used to joke about that, but um, ever since I was a bit, ever since I was about five years old, that's all I. In fact, what was funny is I remember at, at Fort Buckner, Okinawa, uh, the, the MPs would have those open jeeps with the sirens, and they would. I was called Junior, so I used to hang around the army bases, and, and um, I remember uh, they used to let Junior used to let myself play uh, in the jeeps, and the first thing I'd want to do was turn on the siren and catch bad guys. Oh. So, you know, fast forward, and, you know, here, here I am, you know, uh, uh, I'm living living my uh, childhood dream ever since, I, like I said, ever since I was small, all I wanted to do was was to be a, a police officer, and I am still love the job, you know, and still having a good time. Yeah. And, I mean, you've been successful at it for 28 years now, which is a phenomenal amount of time for, for anybody to be in any one position, but, you know, to be doing the job that, that that our our uh, our brothers and sisters in blue do on a daily basis. You know, it's we're we're very proud of you, Henry. You, you do well. Thanks. I, you know, I I I appreciate it. Like I said, it uh, that the, the mil the, the my military upbringing and that family had a lot um uh, you know a lot to do with. You know, Dad used to used to tell me over and over again, Junior, we take care of our people. Um, I can remember as a small child, um, you know, there's soldiers coming over. Uh, in my dad's unit, you know, they were, uh, didn't have money, didn't have a place to stay. Mom would be, you know, um, you know, mom would be cooking food for them. They, you know, they'd be crashed on the couch. Um, uh, you know, it's that, that brotherhood and that sense of, you know, we, we take care of each other. Well, you know, that had a big influence in my life as, as a police officer. You know, we take care of our citizens. We take care of our, our people. Are there ups and downs? Yes, but there's more ups than there are, uh, uh, then there, uh, then there are downs, but um, it's it, so far it's it's been a it's been a good ride, and uh, you know I have uh, I have no complaints. The only complaint that I have is when the coffee is cold. So it's so Police Academy isn't really. Uh, do you remember that movie series, Police Academy? Oh yeah, yes, yes. I, I remember uh, Grasshopper. It was, you know, it, you, you, you got to have fun. Um, I I enjoy, um, you know, the spoofing movies, you know, uh, uh, yeah. But I remember Police Academy. Yes, that was uh, that was before your time, though. No. <laughs> so so Henry and I are, are friends, and we always joke because uh, we're both half Asian, so we always have great jokes. Um, I oh, yeah. actually well, did no, no. your. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you, you go ahead. I said I actually used your joke, uh, joke today um, at a gun store. I said 101 ways to walk a dog. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yeah. The the the, the, uh, the Asian cookbook. Yeah, my mom used to say yeah, that. Yeah, the Asian you know, she cookbook. Wasn't too, 
Yeah. My mom wasn't too politically correct, you know, but you, you got you got to have fun, you know, and that's what that's what I enjoy about, you know, I, I enjoy the uh, uh, hanging around. Um, it's kind of like reminded me, you know, growing up as a kid. What was that movie with Clint Eastwood? Um, uh, oh, I, I, one of the, his latest movies that he did, uh, Gran Torino. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know that kind of that that guy kind of reminds me of my dad, but you know with that sense of humor, that manly sense of humor, the bantering back and forth. That's what I enjoyed mm-hmm. about growing up as an army brat kid, and that's what I enjoy about you know being in law enforcement because the, the two are, are basically uh, you know the same. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about your uh, your connection with the with the Medal of Honor Society and all of the people that you've you've got to meet and interact with well yeah sure um so the, the way that i that that i approach life it, and and it, like i said my parents had a huge influence um, in my life my mother and father always told me nothing ever happens uh by by chance um but when an opportunity happens seize it so i'll back up to my childhood when i was a kid uh, i would read th- these books um about the medal of honor um recipients uh i can remember um reading the stars and stripes you know you would see you know uh, stories about you know roger donlin uh major drew dix you know tom kelly mike thornton so i i grew up reading about these guys even the old the, the older guys you know uh, Audie, uh, you know Audie murphy uh pappy boynton so as a kid i would always read about these guys never thinking that i would ever uh ever meet one well, fast forward. Well, they're also um, your friends now. <laughs> yeah, they're also. And, I, and if you would have told me back then, I would have ever. I, I would have told them. I'd have told you you were crazy. But so fast forward <laughs> to two thousand uh, two thousand and eight. The Medal of Honor convention was held here in Denver in two thousand and eight. And part of my duties, uh, I'm technically what they call a CRO, Community Resource Officer. So Community Resource Officer are assigned in each. Um, in, in each district, and, and basically what they are is a liaison to your, your community. And so I'm assigned out here at DIA conducting dignitary escorts. Well, in uh, 2007, we find out that we're going to have uh, – Denver is going to host uh, the Medal of Honor Convention in, uh, in Denver. Well, that was a no-brainer for me. I want to do it. So what we did is there was a handful of us officers, three of us, we took our vacation. We did not get paid. We volunteered to work uh, the Medal of Honor uh, convention. And um, we, we started early in the morning, flights coming in. Uh, we, we coordinated, um, uh, you know, meeting and greeting each one of the, the, the recipients. Uh, we provided security for the recipients at, at the airport, at the, at the hotel site the various sites that they went throughout uh, the Denver metropolitan area. We were basically attached to these guys 24-7. I had three recipients that went into – they had to go to the hospital because they had complications high altitude. So we provided security. We had our officers there. I got to know these guys, and then that's when I first met um, Major Drew Dix, who at that time was the um, – I think he was the – the vice president of the Medal of Honor Society, Colonel Bob Howard, was the president of the Medal of Honor Society. So, you know, I got to meet these guys. Um, they watched how hard we worked. Um, I mean, I I didn't get any sleep. I just, all I wanted to do was to just to serve these guys, take care of them. 
um, because you know if it wasn't uh, if it wasn't for these uh, men that served, I wouldn't have this great country to, to live in. So I volunteered, worked hard, hung out with them, got to be good friends. Um, in fact, Drew Dix and I we were sitting in the hospitality room, and that's how the idea uh, was hatched with hosting the Medal of Honor convention in. Hawaii in 2012 because Drew wanted to do that. He's got a Hawaii connection. He's got friends there. Um, so, you know, uh, I got to spend time again in 2012. But uh, sp- spending time with these guys, um, the, the friendship started to develop whenever they came to events here in Denver. Um, uh, I would be contacted by the society or the recipients would contact me. And um, I, it, I was like a... Um, uh, a 13-year-old or 12-year-old, uh, you know, girl going to a, a Justin Bieber concert because for me these guys are my heroes. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Well, Alex, you can relate to that because what you like Justin Bieber or oh, or was it? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah. Yeah. from Canada. That's just great. Yeah. <laughs> or, or or One Direction or whatever. But, <laughs> but anyways, scary so, that you know this I mean, stuff. Yeah, I know. I mean, just research, right? <laughs> right. Wink, wink. Yeah, wink, wink. But, you know, it, it, for me, it, it was um, the highlight of, of my career to meet these men. Um, and as I got to know them, uh, it, it was just amazing to, to, to hear their stories. I mean, I read their citations. You can read books about them, but when you meet them in, in, in the person, you know, in, in the first person, it is like a, a history book comes alive and – they fill in those gaps of what you don't know about reading those citations. And what I have found with each individual Medal of Honor recipient um, is the love for their fellow man. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's, it's the love for their fellow man. It's, it's not political. It's not um, color. It's not race. It's not, you know, um, religious back. It's the love for your fellow man. And, it's the same thing that we have in, in law enforcement and just to meet these guys and to hang out with them. And they're so humble. And then to have two recipients stay at my house at the same time, you know, Lieutenant Tommy Norris and then uh, uh, Drew Dix, and we're hanging out drinking beers. And I'm listening to these guys talking about a PRC radio that they had UHF radio during Vietnam, the likes and dislikes of the radio. I mean, stuff that I'd never get out of a book and just, I'm just like a little kid, just in awe, listening to these guys and and you know just hanging out. So I'm I'm blessed. Like I said, nothing ever happens by chance. When it happens, mom and dad used used to tell me seize it, you know. And now I've become friends with a lot of these um, uh, a lot of these recipients, which um, uh, I'm just humbled and honored just to just to you know hang out with these guys. I kind of rambled on too long. Your favorite stories? No, 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 no. no. You're 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 the star of the show, so oh, so no, no, no. just give us give us a a, a couple of because uh, I know I you know you've told me a couple that are hysterical but you know just you know because because our audiences are primarily you know military people and and like you say you can read their their citations and and they're amazing when you read them but when you actually get to meet them and talk to them and and. And, you know, there's a lot, you know, as Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of the story. Um, and uh, so, you know, just, you know, our, our our audience doesn't get to hear those kind of things. So um, just go ahead and, you know, sure. give us a few sure. of, uh, of your favorites. Sure. Uh, 
sure. Uh, there's, there's, there's many stories. There's some stories that I was uh, sworn to secrecy that I wouldn't, uh, uh, that I wouldn't tell. But um, one, one of my uh, favorites is Medal of Honor recipient George Staccato, who had um, uh, passed away a couple of years ago. I'd gotten to be uh, close friends with him, and um, I would take him to various events in the Denver metro area. His daughter, Leslie, uh, uh, Leslie and I became good friends. And in fact, we were part of that as a kimchi bunch, and we'll have to get to that later. But um, so I'm hanging out with um, uh, George Sakato. He fought in the all-Japanese Nisei 442nd, being half Japanese. You know, he was one of my um, uh, true heroes. But, you know, traveling with him, we were driving down to the Center for American Views, which is in Pueblo, Colorado, nonprofit organization uh, founded by Major Drew Dix and Emmy Award um, producer Brad uh, uh, Brad Padula. He produced a documentary on the Medal of Honor. And uh, so I'm driving with, here I am, a donut-eating cop, driving with Medal of Honor <laughs> recipient <laughs> with George Staccato. So it's it's an hour and 50-minute drive to um, uh, uh, an hour and 50-minute drive down to Pueblo, hour and 50-minute back. So George and I are just talking, and he is telling me his whole life story, stuff that you're not going to find in a, in a, in a documentary, uh, you're not going to see in, a, in, in an interview. And so what I always like to ask the, the, these recipients is, tell me something different um, that, that I'm not going to hear. And, um, you know, he, uh, he told me an interesting story that, um, that he had to uh, – kill a young German soldier. And and that really bothered him because it, it, it was it was a kid. He was, you know, 12, 13 years old. And he said, you know, Henry, he's got a family. He's, a, you know, and this was toward the end of the war. So, you know, a lot of the, a, a lot of these kids were just, you know, forced in, forced to fight. And he goes, I, I wear that medal. He goes, I know it sounds, sounds crazy, but I wear that medal for him. Um, I, I, you know, because he carried the burden, and he told me, he, you know, it was tough for him to deal uh, with with the PTSD. He had, you know, survivor's guilt. Uh, I mean, it's just, uh, uh, you know, very humbling, uh, you know, story. And and he kept on looking at himself. He goes, I'm 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 not a hero. I'm not. I'm just uh, I'm just a regular, uh, you know, a regular guy. Um, and what really touched me is I I got to hang out with him so many times, going to so many events. Uh, a good friend of ours, uh, for the listeners, um, Colonel Tom Shedder, retired Air Force, um, Colorado National Guard. Well, him and I got to Tom take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he, we got to take him to his um, 442nd reunion in um, Las Vegas. And so we're in Vegas, and it's funny because all of his other 442nd guys see two of us. You know, you know, we're kind of, I guess, halfway decent shape, not too bad for. Don't eat cop. So George was playing jokes with, with every. George was playing jokes with everybody because they were asking, "Well, who are these two guys?" And George said, "Well, these are my bodyguards." So we kind of played it up, you know. Hey, uh, Mr. Staccato, uh, can I get? And George just he just he just loved it. I mean, he had, you know, he had a great time. But then after that, he came up to Tom and I and he said, "You two guys are the sons I never had." Oh, and, that's cool. Yeah. And, and and that really, you know, that really touched me. And, you know, he says, yeah. I mean, I had, in comps, we don't cry. It was, I had eyeball sweat. You know, it just Aww. had a little bit of, out, uh, a touch of, uh, touch of cool. allergies. But 
it's it's, it's that personal connection and and uh, you know Drew Dix is my out of all the recipients he's my closest friend he's my buddy I I, I love this man I respect this man um, he is if the, the humble, if you want to look at the word humble in a dictionary it's Major Drew Dix. So mm-hmm. I asked Drew, I, I spent many times with him, uh, and so I said, Drew, can you tell me a, a, just a, a different, you know, a unique um, Medal of Honor story? So he said, yeah, he goes, so I get my medal, and, and we're going to these uh, parties, and he goes, so I hop in the limo, and I'm sitting in the back, and in the front is Eddie Reckenbacher and Jimmy Doolittle. Oh, jeez. And, and he was in awe, and he's, and he. And he's looking at these two guys, and they kind of look back at him. And you know how fighter pilots are, you know, they're, they're, they're talking about, how, yeah, how, this is how I would, you know, approach this airplane. And, you know, they had their hands up, you know, showing them. And they, and they kind of look back at him, and I'm just kind of paraphrasing. They go, hey, kid, you're going to get used to wearing this, you know. And, and Drew said he was in awe. And when, Colonel Bob, when, when Colonel Bob Howard uh, was alive, I asked him, I said, so, so Colonel, who, who did you look up to? And he told me, he goes, um, Audie Murphy, that was my uh, that was my guy. Uh, and then let me back up. So uh, speaking of Audie Murphy, um, so George Sicaro told me one time they, he was at a, a 442nd. Um, no, he was at a Purple Heart reunion um, up on the uh, the West Coast someplace, either like Washington State or um, Oregon or one of the places. So him and Audie Murphy got drunk on cheap wine, and they were like at a mountaintop. And they passed out. And when they woke up, it was like a cartoon scene. They were covered with like one inch of snow. You know, I mean, these, these, these stories that, you, you know, you cannot get from, like I said, from an, uh, um, from an interview, from a book. I mean, it's just, yeah. and you get to know these guys, um, you know, you get to know these guys personally. And then, you know, my good friends, um, Tommy Norris and, and Mike Thornton, you know, Navy SEALs, Vietnam, you know, Mike gets, uh, is, is awarded his medal for rescuing Tommy. And, and, and it's, you know, one at the time was uh, enlisted. The other one was an officer, you know, and listening to, you know, Tommy, uh, I mean, M- Mike Thornton would always refer to Tommy as the baby SEAL and he's the, the daddy SEAL because, you know, he's big and strong. And, and just watching them going back and forth, back and forth and teasing each other, you know, Tommy, you know, Mike was saying, you know, uh, you know, if 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 we would if you would have listened to what I told you, you know, when we went behind enemy lines, we would have wound up here, you know. And it was just funny just listening to these guys, um, you know, going uh, uh, going back and forth. But uh, they've shared a lot of stories with me. Uh, a lot of stuff that um, some of the stuff is is, is personal, um, but it, it's just it, it's just amazing. Just I mean, just to have like I said, two recipients um, here. Uh, and we were the reason why I had Drew and um, Tommy Norris were, were here is because we both all all three of us attended um, uh, we attended George Sicado's uh, funeral. Uh, no. Hershey Miramura, Hershey was Hershey was with us, and um, it, it was just and here I am like I said, I'm walking I'm marching with these guys. And I'm just uh, I'm just amazed. In fact, Drew Dix looked at me. He goes, you know, his, uh, Drew, uh, Henry, um, history's being made. I go, well, what are you, what are you talking about, Drew? He goes, um, you, you noticed uh, you're, you're like the first police officer to, to march in procession in a medal in, in a funeral for a medal of honor recipient. 
and, and the Cicado family had made me a, a pallbearer, and I, I mean, I'm speechless. And today, to, to this day, yeah. I'm still speechless. I mean, it's just, uh, it, it's amazing, you know. And for your listeners, yeah. I'm telling you, nothing happens by by chance, and when something happens, seize it. I mean, it's just, yeah. I, I've been blessed. I uh, also I have, a really I have a good person. Oh, go ahead. What, yeah, you are. What, what's that? I was oh, going to say I I I'm, I'm going to follow up with that. You know, take something by by take the opportunity. I was uh, when they dedicated the Colorado Freedom Memorial. Um, when they did the groundbreaking, uh, George was the uh, the guest of honor there, and because he was the only Medal of Honor recipient that could attend, and. Uh, I, I, you know, I just happened to have a bullet pen in my pocket. I'm not quite sure why I did, but uh, I, I just, I had this compulsion to go up and give it to him, and and so I did. And I he was in his wheelchair, and I kind of, you know, tried to kneel down with my my uh, prosthetic knees, and it didn't work so well, but it didn't matter because I'm talking to George Sakata, and uh, uh, you know, and and that pen meant more to him than you know anything from what from what Leslie told me when I when I met her for the first time. Uh, she just told me that you know I mean, he had that pen with him every day for the rest of his life, and that and that meant a lot to me. So it's yeah, oh, yeah. you never and, know and, when and I was, you get that chance. Yeah. Oh yeah, and you, like I said, you know that those chances are, uh, it's just you know it's just amazing. I mean, I've got I still have my books from when I was a kid. You know, reading about these um, uh, about these guys and what I what I enjoy as a police officer, because I go with these guys on different events. I escort them. I take them out. What I enjoy is watching the interactions that they have with young children and members of the military. I, it, it, to me, that is just, it, it's just awesome to watch uh, how they, how they interact, how the kids are in awe. Um, you know, and, and what, what is great about that is, if those young children and the young adults seize that opportunity and learn from service, self-sacrifice, love of your fellow man, I'd be out of a job. I'd be sitting at, I'd definitely be hanging out of windshields all the time, but it, it's just, <laughs> it, it's just amazing to watch the, 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 uh, the, the interactions. Um, and you know, what I've gotten to know is each recipient is different. I know, you know, some the personalities, I know, I know what, what they like, what they don't like, what's, you know, um, cause some of them, don't like to, to be in, in the crowd. Some of them do, you know, and it's it just, it just, you know, depends on the ebb and flow. And it's kind of like the, uh, uh, and I think Alex, you get this, the yin and yang, you know, you got to kind of just kind of follow the, you know, follow the flow, but it's just, um, oh, you're a funny guy. No, but it, I tell you, it's, you blacked, you blacked out in smart, funny man. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's just, uh, it, it's just amazing. And then I've also gotten to meet, you know, other, uh, you know, I do a lot of stuff for, uh, you know, Wounded Warriors, Angels of America's Fallen, um, because whenever I see, like, Jeff, you're my brother, you know, Alex, you're my, you're my sister. Whenever I see uh, anybody that is associated with the military, uh, military dependent, military wife, mm-hmm. uh, uh, active duty, retired, guard, reserve, uh, I don't care, Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines, Coast Guard, whenever I see an individual, I see my mother and I see my father. In fact, every one of you guys, including the listeners, everybody, you guys are my family. I mean, that's just the way that I was raised. It's just to to put on a uniform, uh, either in law enforcement or in the military, to to go out. I don't care what you did in in the military. I don't care 
uh, what the MOS is to serve this great country, it, to me, it's just phenomenal. Same thing in law enforcement, you know, deputy sheriff, secret mm-hmm. service. I mean, to serve your fellow man and woman, it's just, to me, it, it, I'm just honored and humbled just to do it. You know, I, I get up in the morning, put on the uniform. I walk up, head up high. Okay, it's time to cowboy up. Let's go out there and take care of business. You know, I figured well, 28 years. Yeah. You know, go ahead. You got it. You got it. You got it covered. Well, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna let you brag on yourself. Alex and I were were honored to attend a an award ceremony um, back a couple months ago, where uh, Officer Henry Jones was was recognized by the Denver police department for something that he did that was above and beyond the call of duty as it relates specific to the military. And, and, and rightly so he was, he was recognized for, for what he did. So uh, just go ahead and share with our listeners, uh, you know, that, that story, Henry. Oh, sure. So during my, during my duty hours, I was contacted by a, um, one of our police officers, and she uh, asked me to come down to the United, I mean, not United, but the American Airline uh, uh, ticket counter. And so I responded down there. And I was, in, in fact, I was in the process of escorting the uh, the governor of Wyoming. I just put him on a plane with the Wyoming troopers. So I leave the concourse. I go down and, and I uh, uh, I talked to the officer. The officer was telling me, you know, you, you deal with a lot of the military. Can you help uh, uh, this young uh, soldier? So... I talked to the soldier, and she was uh, distraught, found out she's only been in the, um, the, the Army for seven, uh, seven months. Single parents, um, lives down south. Uh, Mom is taking care of the kids. She's stationed at, at uh, Fort Carson. While she's at Fort Carson, she's notified that her grandfather had, had passed away. So what she does is immediately, and she's close with Grandpa, so what she immediately does is gets her iPad out, books a flight, uh, takes an Uber cab uh, from Fort Carson to Denver International Airport. So she's got her uh, flight itinerary on the iPad. She goes up to the ticket counter and she says, "Hey, look, I'm uh, um, getting ready to, to catch this flight. Can you, you know, take care of it?" So the lady behind the ticket counter uh, tries to pull everything up and she says, "You know, I, I'm sorry, I'm not showing anything. Um, I can't help you, but this." Your, your itinerary number or your booking number does not match. So, you know, I'm sorry, I, I, I can't help you. And she says, well, look, I've got to, you know, she explained the circumstances. And the, the lady down there said, I'm sorry, I just, I can't help you. She tried the best that she could. So what had happened was the officer was walking by, that she saw that she was crying and distraught. So uh, I went and I asked um, the airlines if there's anything that they can do. They went and talked to supervisors. They tried uh, in fact, the supervisor was very helpful. She went back, and then she started to do some research and found that uh, the booking site that the the private had uh, had used was a fraudulent one, and she had used her debit card. So now the debit card, all that cash was gone, and so now she had nothing in her in her account because she bought that ticket last minute. So I'm working with American trying to figure out how can we get her on this uh, on the flight. Like I said, one of the supervisors was great. She tried to help. She made some calls, made some inquiries. Just you know, they said, "I'm sorry, we we can't do this." And um, the the private never asked for anything. She was just she was content 
with going back to Fort Carson. She goes, well, it looks like I'll have to go. And she was crying and upset. Called, she called her mom. And so I just, I mean, it was a no-brainer. I said, look, this is what we're going to do. I took my credit card and I uh, put it out and, and said, hey, look, we got we got to take care of her. Lady looks at me. She says, "Well, you know, that's going to cost you like five hundred and whatever because it's the last minute." And I said, "You know what? We got to do what we got to do." I said, "We got to take care of her so she can go see grandfather." So, purchase the ticket. She starts crying. I start having eyeball sweat. You know, she tells me <laughs> blue. Li- she tells me blue lives matter. She puts her mom on the phone. Mom is screaming and yelling, Aww. "Blue lives matter." Love, lo- love the Denver police. You know, I'm starting to tear up. Uh, she tells me, she says, Officer Jones, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to pay you back. I said, nope. I said, when you make rank, pay it forward just like pops. I said, let's go. We um, we mustered through. We went through screening, hung out at the uh, the USO, got her on a plane. And, you know, that was that. I, I, uh, I kept in contact with her. I called her a couple of times. She goes, I'm going to pay. I go, nope, you're going to pay it forward. You know, I said, when, you, when, you, uh, when you take care of your, because that's what pops used to tell me. Uh, pay it forward, move forward, take care of business. And um, I didn't say anything. And the next thing I know is I don't even have a uh, uh, a Facebook, a notebook or nothing. You know, everything, everybody's telling me, hey, all of a sudden you're on Facebook. Department recognizes me. I get uh, I get an, uh, an award. But, you know, other men and women on the police department do these same things every day. It's just, you know, you're there, seize the opportunity. Nothing happens by chance take care of people, you know, do and that's right. Yeah. You got to do, you do what's right. So that's uh, how I, you know, received that award. That was awesome. Henry. So tell us about the, you have, you have a couple of unique collections in the, in your possession at home. Oh, yes. Yeah. So ever since I was uh, uh, a little kid, and you guys are going to have to come over here someday. Um, uh, since I was a small child, I've been collecting uh, die-cast police cars, Hot Wheels, Matchbox, a Corgi, you know, all these cars. So I have roughly about 7,300 um, uh, police cars in my collection from all over the world. It used to drive my parents crazy because we'd move from Army base to Army base, and my parents are like, okay, you're going to pack them. Okay, fine. So... And now I've amassed, and I still and I still uh, collect all of these cars. In fact, uh, it, it was funny when when because you know Major Dix had stayed at, at my house uh, a couple of times already. So in the guest room, you have to go downstairs in the basement. You have to walk by all these cars. So because I have the guest bedroom downstairs, so we played a joke on Medal of Honor uh, recipient Tommy Norris. So on the way, we're coming back from. Uh, we're driving down to my house and, and, uh, Drew looks over at Tommy says, yeah, you know, you got to look at, uh, uh, Henry's collection. He's got like a couple of police cars and Tommy's trying to figure out what do you mean? A couple, a couple of police cars. Yeah. He's got a couple cars on display, uh, downstairs. You got to take a, so the three of us come walking down and the look on his face, he goes, you're insane. This is because <laughs> there's, because there's 7,000 over 7,000 cars displayed from all over the world. Um, you name it. I, I even have military police cars. I mean, uh, I mean, I've got military police jeeps. Some of the toys I used to play when I was a kid. I mean, it's just—it's it, supposedly supposed to be the world's largest. Yeah, you were on television 
I remember well, um, yeah. seeing a video on on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. about your collection. Yeah, it's, it's that big. Yeah, it's it's it, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, it's it's my um, it's my uh, uh, obsession. You know, I go out to the hobby stores. I go buy these cars. Um, people look at them for me. In fact, uh, Joe and Joan, when they went to um, uh, Italy, they got me two Italian police cars, and they said, "I, I bet you have these." I go, "No, I don't have those." So oh, yeah, police, everybody. Yeah. yeah, and then in fact, Drew was like, "Well, I don't know what to get you because." Uh, every time I look around, uh, I, I think you already have it. I said, well, all you got to do is just take a picture and just send it to me, and I could tell you. You know, but it, it's a fun hobby, you know. And then, you know, I also build model airplanes, and, you know, how Army Brat kids still do. You know, I still have all these uh, ships and tanks and, you know, and and stuff. And, and then, um, of course, some of my proudest stuff is all of the um, uh, uh, memorabilia that um, Medal of Honor recipients had um, uh, had given me so and it's funny because i'll have one come over to the house well where's my uh where's my uh coin or where's mine uh, right here oh okay well how come you don't No, it's right there oh okay you know it's funny because they're all looking at the other ones well you don't have my, no yours is right there well how come it's there well i ain't got no room you know so. <laughs> <laughs> oh you're uh, such an overachiever <laughs> oh well you know it's an easy thing i guess i don't know yeah, why aren't you an astronaut doctor cop? Uh, hey, but I'm a donut con connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> and but and you did stay at a Holiday Inn once, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, what's your favorite car in that collection? Uh, there's two cars. There's a, a 1993 um, police Lamborghini um, made by Franklin Mint. I bought it back in. Um, the mid '90s paid maybe eighty dollars for it. It's now worth two thousand, two thousand dollars. I have a 1963, one of my very first um, uh, Matchbox cars, a 1963 Chevy Impala. Uh, that's probably worth, and it's pristine, about uh, twenty one hundred, twenty two hundred dollars. Um, so those are my two. Those are my two because it's you know the. The first one was that little small matchbox was the first one that I've ever had. So, and I've got some other, you know, uh, some other favorites. So. So then, what's your actual uh, your favorite police car that you've actually driven? Oh, the favorite one that I've ever driven. Oh, wow, uh, that's uh, the favorite one that I've ever driven. Huh. I would say the 19, uh, the 19, no, wait a minute. We had the uh, 88 or 89, I think it was 88 or 89 uh, Chevy Camaro. Ooh, what's the yep. top? Okay, so what was your top speed in a police car? Uh, top speed, whatever the top speed of uh, that thing could go. I mean, I was working in traffic, so we used to do the traffic enforcement up on the interstate, so uh you know that was one of my uh one of my favorites um another favorite is i had a dodge durango i mean that thing wasn't fast but you know with the snow i could i could get around everybody was getting stuck and i could you know uh i could get around and that's when i was in the traffic unit but um but right now i just have an unmarked um low-key uh you know police car if you were to put me in one of these new cars i wouldn't even know how to turn on the lights but the most important thing that for might me be is a good I got to make sure. Right? Because that's the first thing you want to to play with is the light. Yeah. Well, you know, 
Well, right now I'm an old school cop. The most important thing is where's the where's the cup holder for the coffee, and then where can I put the donut without uh, getting the sprinkles <laughs> on the uniform? Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. So, well, um, I was going to ask you, what do you think? I, I've always thought that being a police officer, you know, because being around the community for the Las Vegas Metro Police Department, that it was kind of always a thankless job. Um, what do you think is going on with the war on police? Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's unfortunate. I, I um, it, it makes me, you know, a combination of making me angry. It makes me sad. Uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, it, it hurts me because I have, um, you know, brothers and sisters that are serving in in you know all 50 states that that go out want to do the best for their community um yeah they they love their job uh you know they, they go out they you know kiss their loved ones good night um and do the best you can and um you know some re- don't return some of them do uh, it's just mm-hmm. It, it's just sad. It just, it just, it hurts me when I, when I, uh, when I see that because I see so much pride in, in um, a lot of the officers. And do we make mistakes? Yes. Are there bad ones? Yes. But that's you're, you're dealing with human beings. You know, mm-hmm. you take care of that. You eradicate the problem. You know, you, 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 you know, you throw those the bad ones out. Either, you know, internal affairs will take them, take care of them. You know, they get fired, they go to jail or whatever. But um, it's the, the pride of wearing that uh, of that badge, the duty, the duty, honor country, and to serve your citizens. Um, it, it just makes me sad. Yes, I've seen it going on, but what I look at is I've had a lot of citizens come up to me. Thank you very much for your service, officer. Appreciate what you do. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I've had them buy lunch for me, dinner, coffee, and. There's a lot of good people out there. There's people that come up and they really thank you and they really appreciate your service, and, and that kind of get, keeps you going. That kind of gives you that fuel. Yeah. You know, you kind of you can kind of get down, and then somebody all of a sudden somebody, hi officer, how you doing? Well, thank you for your service. That's like getting a million. That's like a million donuts right there. You know, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so and, I think and, the media. So do you think that the media sensationalizes everything? So it's like. If there's always some story about a police involved anything, it's uh, never finding out the facts first. It's just passing judgment first. Well, yeah, and they, they, and they don't take the fact like hunt. we had some of Yeah, well, you know, if it, it leads, it bleeds, you know, it sells. Um, but, you know, we, we've got good stories. I serve with a lot of good men and women on the Denver Police Department. We've had officers, um, you know, buy bicycles for kids. Uh, out of their own pocket, they don't want reimbursed. We've had officers buy Thanksgiving dinners for, um, uh, you know, for people, uh, for, for our citizens. Um, and, and I think, you know, for, in Denver, we, we've got a good rapport with our citizens. Um, we make a good concerted effort to have our community, off, you know, our CROs out there, constantly engaging um, with with the community. We have, you know, police ride-alongs. We have citizen academies. Um, and I think we do, you know, we got pretty decent social media, uh, and we're for it. And the donuts are good. All the mm-hmm. donuts are really, oh, I'm telling you what, in fact, they're so good that my eyes are glazed over. Sometimes I can't even see. <laughs> <laughs> glaze on, glaze off, what's, right? That's it, my little grasshoppers. So what's the most famous donut shop 
in uh, Denver? Uh, there's a place called, uh, it's downtown uh, off of Colfax. Um, it's called Voodoo Donuts. I don't know if you guys have been there. No, but you know what? I actually heard no, of that. Have, uh, it started off in Oregon, right? I, I, you know that I, that I, but it's you know they they serve these you know weird fancy donuts with like Cheerios on them or or Skittles and different colors <laughs> and you know Cheerios. you know yeah big big old like you don't, know, donuts with donut seeds on the top of it great yeah and, and then you know and then the lines were long to get in there I mean it's a big huge you know uh, cholesterol bomb but you know um, maybe one of these days I'll come up with a healthy donut it'll be a prune donut. <sighs> I had to chime in there on that one. Uh, I, I heard that all donuts are low fat, uh, especially uh, the ones that the donut shops that you frequent. Um, I have that on good faith <laughs> by Hershey and Joe. Um, they said that you're you're very good at uh, locating those low fat donut establishments. So that's how you stay so healthy. So I, I have to stand up for you on that because I know that uh, Sergeant Major Nello and Hershey both said that. You know where all those spots are at. <laughs> well, I, 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 yeah, I, I, I try to stay in shape, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm getting up there. One day we're gonna have to roll you around. That's right. Well, no, I, I don't think that. I'm, Pattern, I, I won't get that sugar. Bad, but, you know. Yeah. Well, you know that's why that's why you got into that's why you have to invent a blue powdered sugar to, to blend in with the uniform. Oh, like multi can powder. Yeah, so there you go, go, a little grass up. Yeah, yeah. So, Henry, I wanted to ask you, uh, well, we had, uh, you know, we had uh, El Jefe Archuleta on, uh, and we talked about his, his law enforcement career and uh, talked about his distinguished history. And, you know, you've been very modest uh, during this interview, and you have some quite, you know, quite, you have quite the amazing uh citation history, um, you're a hero yourself. Um, you've received uh, the Denver Police Department's Purple Heart, correct? Yes. And uh, you've also been credited uh, with a life-saving award that saved uh, the lives of 11 uh, citizens during an escalator collapse. Um, so uh, I, I want to hit in. Um, you know, I, I want to make sure that people know uh, the caliber of man that you are, obviously, uh, you're an awesome, uh, upstanding individual, or uh, you, know, you wouldn't hang out with the likes uh, of people that you do. <laughs> but you know what? You're 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 not the men that you absolutely, you know, the men that you have escorted around and that you volunteer your time with. Um, you know, those are true American heroes. But I don't want you to be so humble uh, that we don't hone in on how important and, and what a hero you truly are. We said this on the, the air before, uh, you know, the, the military fighting man and woman, they're the ones who go across the seas and fight our wars. But the men and women of the thin blue line are the ones that protect our houses, protect our families, and keep our wives and children safe while we're out fighting. So I greatly appreciate the 28 years of distinguished career that you have got uh, and, and being the angel that you are. Um, so let's let's talk about some of those things. And I know people like you, you don't like to talk about uh, or puff up your chest and talk about the good things that you've done. But um, that that story needs to be told too, Henry. So uh, Jeff, let's hit on him about that. Let's not let him keep that a secret. Absolutely. Go for it. Uh, 
the, the talk about the Purple Heart. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, wow! I, 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 in fact, I haven't talked about that in a, in a in a long time. Um, I was uh, responding to a uh, a call. This was back in uh, 1989. I was responding to a, a domestic violence call, and um, I just happened to look to my right. I'm running what they call code three. That means red lights and red lights and siren. And as I'm going through the intersection, I just happened to glance. And this was on Halloween of 1989. As I glanced uh, to my right, I see a large vehicle coming. And then all of a sudden, I just tensed up because I knew he was going to make the impact. The car, it hits the car, and the, and the car is just, it's, it's in bad shape. And um, I lose consciousness and then I kind of gain con and I get on the radio, explain to the, you know, advise the dispatcher where I'm at, um, and um, lose consciousness again. And the next thing I know is I wake up, uh, I wake up in in a uh, in an ambulance, and um, they are starting to do all these probing, and I'm kind of like in and out. I have no idea what's uh, uh, what's what's going on, and then. Everything's fine. Um, they keep me uh, overnight for um, uh, a, a couple of uh, a couple of days, and then I get released. So I go back. I go back to work. I'm fighting, you know, chasing bad guys, and you know everything's you know smooth. And then all of a sudden, my right leg. I'm, I'm feeling like um, uh, a, a pinch down my down my uh, down my right leg, and something's not not right. So then I go back. Uh, uh, go back to the to the uh, to the hospital, and I'm explaining it to the doctor. And he goes, something's something's not right. He goes, don't don't move. He goes, I'm going to take you. We're going to do an MRI. So they do an MRI, and they find out that my spinal cord is almost severed. Um, oh my god! He, the doctor told me he says, if you were to move, he, he goes, don't move. Um, you know, stay still. So what they did is they rushed me into surgery. So I go on the surgery. Um, when I wake up, they, first let me back up. So they, they explain to me what we're going to do. We're going to open up your back. We're going to take bone grafts from your hip. We're going to fuse. We're going to f- fuse your 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 back, and um, it'll be you know a long surgery, but you'll be okay. You'll be in a regular recovery room. Well, when I wake up, I'm in intensive care. I have no clue what's going on. I have no concept day night. Uh, I'm in and out of consciousness. There's cops all over the place. Chief of police is in there. Commanders. Uh, you know, I saw so many stars that looked like a galaxy. There's all these, you know, division chiefs, deputy chiefs. You know, I was like, what, what is this? Man? You know, they're all coming in, checking on me. And um, I, I didn't find out until about um, uh, a week later. They had told me that when they opened up my when they opened up my back, the spinal cord was almost severed. Um, I died oh, wow. during surgery. I bled out, uh, and I had flatlined. They said that uh, I was, I mean, I was gone. And um, the only thing I can think about is I'm coming back. I'm going to come back to work. Well, they basically told me, no, we think you're done. Um, we'll get you back, but we, you're not going to be able to uh, to come back um, uh, to, to full duty. But I always remembered uh, what my father used to tell me, in fact, my father was alive back then, so I remember my father used to tell me, Junior, 
You cannot get a purple heart hiding behind a rock. Let's move, move. So that's mm. what he used to tell us when, we, when, I, when I was a kid. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to move. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to let this get me down. But so I was in intensive care for three, uh, three weeks. I was in the hospital for three months, Denver general. And then I was in a body cast for six months. Um, a lot of pain. Um, the, the, it, it was just hard to explain the pain. I was on pain meds. Um, and then they said, okay, what we're going to do is you're going to, we're going to do this fusion. So they did the fusion. The fusion uh, didn't take hold because what they were going to do is uh, within a year, they were going to, um, they were going to take the rods out. Well, within another year, they took the rods out. The fusion didn't take hold. So they had to redo the surgery. So a year later, I get another surgery, but then they put in this, what they call this TENS bone growth stimulator into the back. Um, and, the fusion finally took hold, and then I had to go through another surgery three, uh, another year a, another year later to remove everything. And then the time being, I'm still employed by the police department because what they're doing is um, uh, I'd have the surgery, I'd come back, work light duty, have a surgery, come back, mm-hmm. work light duty. But I was in such bad shape. I had lost a lot of weight. I couldn't move. I, had, I didn't have any flexibility. Um, and it was just tough trying to trying to kick myself off those pain meds because those and then, and then reliving the accident, uh, you know, dealing with the, the the sleep deprivation, wearing that body cast, uh, and just getting depressed. And then, but I just kept on telling myself, you know what? Like Pop said, you can't get a purple heart hiding behind a rock. Move. I um, I, I uh, worked out. Um, you know, and they kept on saying, we don't know if you're going to be. And then back then, we had, used to have a fitness test that you had to take a fit, physical fitness test to, to get back to, uh, to come back to work full duty. I hit it hard, worked hard, um, didn't give up. And then I was finally able to, to, uh, to get back to full duty. Um, the department had me go out, talk to um, uh, officers that had been injured, you know, um, uh, to, to motivate them. And the next thing I know is they said, hey, we're giving you a, uh, you're going to be awarded um, a Purple Heart. I go, for, for what? I mean, I, they said, no, you know, the perseverance, you know, your recovery, um, your attitude um, itself. You know, I just, okay, you know, so basically that's what happened on that. Um, uh, you know, that's I, definitely I, something that I, I want to stop you right there, brother, because I want to hone in on something that, that is truly important. Um, you know, a lot of uh, American citizens uh, we know take for granted uh, the sacrifice that are made by uh, our, our military fighting men and women. And like I said before, you know, the men and women of the thin blue line are who protect our families and keep us safe uh, on a daily basis here in the United States. And when we don't have wars, uh, the soldiers are fighting across the, across the ponds and across the seas. Um, that uh, the men and women of the thin blue line, they have, they fight combat every day. Um, you guys face the uncertainty every single day that you guys step up, you put your uniform on, and you head out and, and work the streets of the, of the American, um, of, of America. And you daily put your lives in harm's way to protect the citizens of America. And just like you said, you were responding to a, a domestic violence call 
regardless of whether it's a domestic violence call, it's a shots fired call, um, shooting, robbery, armed robbery, um, suicide, attempted suicide, you guys are daily putting your lives on the line to protect American citizens. So I, I want to make sure that you understand how much that means to us and how much respect we have for you and your fellow law enforcement officers because you guys are in combat daily. So that's important that uh, we, we ensure that our listeners are in on that. Well, I, I, I appreciate that. I mean, I, um, I, I, I accept those thanks, and it, it, it means a lot to me coming from you guys. Um, um, but I'd do it again, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll run toward whatever, whatever uh, danger that there has to be. But it's just, you know, um, it's, it's just an honor to serve. I mean, I, I enjoy doing what I'm doing. We definitely, uh, you know, your attitude of, of running to the sound of the drums, running to the gunfire, running towards the fight. That, that's the attitude. Uh, of, of the American patriots, and that's what has kept our, our country free and allowed us to have the freedoms that we have as a nation. Um, and I want to pause real quick uh, because this is something that we've started doing every uh, every episode, and I know that Alex uh, has to cut off uh, here in a few minutes. But before Alex goes, uh, I'm going to turn it over to Jeff real quick because we want to recognize the sacrifices made by a couple of our servicemen uh, this past week. So, Jeff, I'll cut it over to you, brother, so you can do that. Thanks, CJ. Yeah, last week um, on the 26th of May, uh, we lost Specialist Etan J. Murphy. He was in 1st Battalion, 75th Ranger Regiment. He was died, died in a vehicle rollover in Syria that was not related to enemy actions. And then over the weekend, um, at a Memorial Day um, demonstration, Special Warfare Operator First Class Remington J. Peters um, was killed tragically in a parachute accident. Um, for for these uh, members of our military that have put their life on the line every day, for their families who now have to go on without them, but they will have the memory of the, the great men that they both were, uh, we'd like to just have a moment of silence, please. Thank you, CJ. Please keep these men in your thoughts and prayers. Amen. Absolutely. Until now, Holland, we see him on the other side. Yeah. All right, Henry, you got any, uh, I, I hear the donuts are cooking. You got anything else you want to add? Oh, 
um, I would like to add. Uh, I, I thought of one more one more thing that I like to sh- uh, share with the uh, with the listen- mm-hmm. listeners. Um, Jeff, were you were you there when when uh, Sammy Davis, Medal of Honor recipient Sammy Davis, um, uh, came down to the center? Were you there with us? Yes, yes. yes. Uh, you remember you remember him playing the harmonica? Go for it. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna uh, uh, tell the listeners. Um, you know, I I, uh, I I love my father. My father meant a lot to me. He uh, influenced, uh, in, it was a big, huge influence to me, and same thing with mom. Uh, I know it sounds crazy, but uh, as a military dependent, at first I used to hate to shine those those stupid jump boots, but then toward the end, <laughs> he used to make me shine his jump boots, and then toward the end, I got it, especially when I went to the academy. Then I got it. I, I understood now why he had me do that. Uh, in fact, the police academy was not that hard because, you know, you have a, a, a first sergeant that yells at you. Um, I thought my name was Jesus Christ. But anyways, um, so uh, my, my, uh, I, I told Sammy about my father, and we, we, uh, I was at the hotel room, and I was telling him how much I, I loved my father and I missed my father. And uh, for the listeners, uh, Sammy Davis used to play uh, the harmonica. Well, he still plays the harmonica but he would always mm-hmm. play Shenandoah and he would play Shenandoah uh to honor um uh the the men and women that served in the military and um he would take the harmonica and, and play at different memorials uh he played it at the Vietnam Wall um and he uh um uh you know just would would play that to honor the the veterans so at the, at this event we're down uh, uh Jeff and Alex are with me down there at uh the Center for American Values so Sammy does a speech, a uh, wonderful speech, talks about, you know, um, his actions in Vietnam. Uh, and then uh, he asks the crowd, do you, do you want me to play uh, Shannon Doan? Yes. He takes out the harmonica, plays um, uh, Shannon Doan. And um, while he would, when he played it, he said, uh, when I play this, uh, the harmonica, I always think of a particular um, member of the military. And I'm thinking about somebody right now. And so he plays it. And then after he's done, he hands me the harmonica. And he says, I played it for somebody special. I played it for your dad. And um, he had signed it, Sammy Davis. And I have that uh, harmonica in front of the last picture of my father before he passed away, 11 days before he passed away, um, I, uh, my, my father could not attend a, um, uh, a, a medal that he was going to receive, that he received, um, for the Korean war from the president of, of Korea. So I went on his behalf. And so my father and I are standing there with, um, with me holding the medal with, with, with him holding the medal. And then my dad next, uh, I'm next to my father. So I took that harmonica and I've got it sitting right there. So every time I walk by, I see that, but when Sammy, handed that to me there was like it was silence a lot of sniffling and man my allergies were acting up but like Mm. i said nothing happens by chance yeah so that's for sure well henry i i can tell you that uh that my life is truly blessed for having you in, in it now and calling you brother and uh Oh, I tell you what, Jeff. I I I love you and Alex. Um, you you 
as, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, those those two pens that you put on my father's grave, I have them sitting on the fireplace mantel right above the flag that was uh, on my father's casket at Fort Logan. The other one is uh, the flag that uh, Drew Dix um, flew at the Center for American Values and then the military presented. So I have both of your pens there. When I walk uh, into my, uh, when I walk into the house, I have your, your pen um, for your son sitting right there along with, uh, with the pictures. So you are my brother, and I love you with all my heart. Mm-hmm. We Thank love you, uh, you. Love you, too. Yep. So, I mean, Kimchi Bunch you guys in a uh, couple of weeks. Kimchi, yeah, Kimchi, Kimchi Bunch in yeah. Kimchi Bunch <laughs> a couple of weeks. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Hey, how come you can't eat? How come you, you can't eat soup with chopsticks? Man, that's kind of messed up. Uh, I'm, I'm the Bijan in the family. Level. You guys are the Asians. I'm the Bijan. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So Henry, are you gonna make it out to? Uh, are you gonna make it out to Fort Bragg for the skydive with Hershey? You know, I'm I'm trying to do. What, what's What's difficult for, for me is um, so I. What I do is one, one Medal of Honor recipient per month. I'm using my own. I'm burning up vacation time uh, to take these guys uh, back and forth, and I do a lot of volunteers. So I'm burning up a lot of. So I'm starting to use a lot of my vacation time, and then I have the combination of that plus I've got all these different dignitary escorts that I've got to, that that I've got to do. Um, so I'm going to try to juggle it to try to make it because I know it's on that that week of that what the 22nd. Yeah, the twentieth. The, the jump day is actually the twentieth. The twentieth. Yeah, I'm gonna. Tr- I'm trying to j- juggle, trying to figure something. Uh, uh, tr- try to do that because I'd like to. You know, I'd like definitely would like to do that. But my schedule is so messed up. You know, I mean, it's just. But yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to do my best to try to make it. Awesome. I'm definitely looking forward to meeting you, brother. And uh, hopefully, if everything goes according to plan, uh, I'll be able. To- uh, meet you in Colorado at the uh, Medal of Honor convention uh, this year, the Medal of Honor Society convention. I'm doing everything within my power to uh, to be there with you guys. Uh, so hopefully I'll get to Oh, you, uh, yeah, you, you've, you've got to. And then if, if for some reason you, you're ever um, up here in Denver, you got a place to stay, brother. This is, you know, my uh, my place is your place. All I need, all, the only requirement that I have is I always tell my recipients I just need to know what refreshments I need to stock, and, and we're good. Aww. You know, and then and, and and then if you want a if you want a weapon, I've got, we can we can check one out. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's, he's, he's got a couple. He's got more. He doesn't have, have seven thousand three hundred toys. He's got almost that many. Yeah, you know. So sounds, you come uh, over here. Like you know, check out together. a. <laughs> Yeah, check out a weapon. Yeah, whatever. Between the four of us, yeah, we're way over seven thousand three hundred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Alex, do you have uh, Alex? I think you're still on the air. Are you not? No, I'm still here. I'm long. still here. I've got to leave though. <laughs> yeah, no, you got to leave. That's why I wanted to, to give you a chance to close out and say anything you wanted to say here before you uh, had to get off the air. No, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, thank you, Henry, for your friendship and your service. Um, I remember a friend of mine who uh, was uh, from SS, and then he went into the uh, police. Um, well, he went to the police academy, became a police officer, and he told me, you know, it was um, actually a lot scarier than being a police officer because, um, you know, they look 
and talk just like him. You know, when he was overseas, you know, he could tell what, uh, you know, what his enemy looked like. So, um, so thank you for all that you do. Well, thank you. I, I, I appreciate it. But yes, um, it's, uh, it's starting to get a little bit, uh, a little, uh, dicey and dangerous for, for law enforcement, but you know, we're yeah. the, we got to, we got to take care of our citizens, take care of this country. This is a great country. So. Yeah. And in America's history, I mean, the p- police have lost, uh, their communities, but then they do get it back. You know, a lot yep. of good police officers and, and, you know, caring citizens can make a huge difference. Oh yeah, and I, I tell you what, my stop demonizing you guys. Yeah, I know. In the, it's, in the it's media, and, and mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I wish they would stop doing that. But I tell you what, my citizens of, of Denver or any citizen, I love my fellow man and woman, and I'll do, I do anything for them. I'll go, you know, I don't, I won't, I won't even look bad at the back. I just, you know, take care of our people. That's what pops used to tell me, Junior. We got to take care of our people. Yeah, yeah. And you do, Henry, every day, and. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. CJ, CJ you're there? still on? Yep. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, oh. I'm just uh, trying, I'm trying to mute in and out so I don't, uh, you guys don't catch the interstate noise behind me as I'm traveling down the interstate. Okay. All righty. Well, um, I'm, I, I think from this end, uh, you know, it's been, uh, it's been a great hour and, hour and 15 minutes with you Henry uh, we will see you uh, in just a couple weeks and uh, thank you for for all you do for and it, like like CJ said you know it's a whole lot easier going down range when you know your family is going to be safe at home and it's it's, it's people like Henry Jones uh, that that keep that make that that uh, that a reality and for that and all you do for for so many Henry uh, we love you and uh Thanks again for being on the show with us, and we'll, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Okay, sounds good, brother. I'll see you in a couple of weeks, and uh, thanks for all the, the listeners out there that serve and, and protect me. I appreciate it. Hey, you've been a, you've been listening to an episode of The Hot Wash uh, with our distinguished guest, 28-year veteran of the Denver Police Department, Officer Henry Jones. Uh, we want to thank Henry for coming on tonight, and we want to thank Henry for the sacrifices that he has made over the 28 years of his distinguished career of ensuring that uh, the citizens of the Denver communities have been safe. He's gone above and beyond uh, and outside of what most normal people would do to uh, ensure that he takes care of the military, uh, the veterans, and uh, our congressional members, excuse me, our Medal of Honor recipients, uh, and ensure that they've received the level of support and protection that they deserve. Uh, anytime they come anywhere near uh, Denver, Colorado, and he's escorted them across the United States uh, at his own expense, uh, adamantly refusing uh, reimbursement for that. And if you're looking for a true example of what an American patriot and an American citizen with high values looks like, you can go far, no farther than Henry Jones Jr. to find that. So we definitely want to say thank you so much, uh, Henry, for all you've done for us and all you continue to do for the military and the veterans and our Medal of Honor recipients. Um, in the opening music to the show, the intro music to the show, yeah, the song that was played and the song that we'll close with tonight is by a country western or country music radio artist uh, who writes her own song. 
overseas fighting and how we as the American public should have their back. And I think that uh, you'd find nobody who embodies that song and what it was written about more than uh, Henry Jones Jr. So, Henry, I want to say thank you so much, brother, for coming on tonight. appreciate your service and looking forward to, to meeting you and spending time with you and uh, continue on serving and setting that example that you're doing because there's a lot of guys looking up to you uh, and you are the example of what our children need to see of how law enforcement officers carry themselves and the, the example that our law enforcement officers should live by. So I want to say thank you so much for that, brother. Thank you, sir. It's, uh, it's my honor to be on the radio, and uh, thank you very much, and thank you, listeners. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, like I said, you've been listening to an episode of The Hot Wash. I want to say God bless America. God bless the USA. Night stalkers don't quit. When the weight of the world is on you And you feel those walls closing in When you're not really sure who the enemy is When you're not really sure who's your friend When you find yourself in some Bye.